Welcome to the Man on Fire Rising podcast with David Mailer. If you're looking to grow and become the man and king you were born to be, you're in the right place. Each week, David will provide men with tools, tips, and strategies for their business, relationship, body, heart, and mindset. Get ready to rise into your passion, power, and purpose, and live your life to its full potential. Now, let's dive in. What's up, everyone? It's your man on fire mentor, David Mailer. Let me dive right in, and we are going to go into the topic of are you needy and find out what is it that I mean. So here's what I mean. We as men have had a tendency over the course of our life to externally source our happiness, meaning if we are making money, if we have a good job, if we have a good woman by our side, then we are okay. We are happy. We're good. Thumbs up. And then what ends up happening is when one of these things falls out of our life, next thing you know, we are miserable. And the reason that this happens is because we have never built up ourselves enough to cut the cords of codependency. You know, leaving the nest, mom kicking you out and you spread your wings and you realize you can fly. Most of us still have that cord, the umbilical cord attached to the mother where we still have some form of codependency, some form of neediness from something outside of ourselves to externally source our happiness. Meaning we don't feel valued. We don't feel like we're enough. We don't feel worthy. We don't feel good enough. We don't feel loved unless we have this thing, this job, this woman, this car, this house, this money in my bank. And what ends up happening is when you lose these things or a thing, all of a sudden you feel like you lost a part or piece of yourself and it challenges your very worth as a man. So, so many of you have found your way to man on fire. How do I get her back? How do I get her back? How do I get her back? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And what's encoded in a lot of the languaging that we receive from you guys is a codependency, is a desperation, is a neediness. You think, because your ego has you believing this, that if I could just get this thing back, if I can get this person, this woman back in my life, then I'll be okay. No, this neuroticness that you have, this codependency that you have, this inter twining of your strings where you've attached to something outside of you. That is the problem. There's a frenetic energy. There's this jitter, jitteriness on Derek Jeter Day for the Yankees. There's this jitteriness that you have where you actually believe that this is the thing that is going to make you happy. This is finally the thing that will make me feel like I'm enough. And for those of you that are millionaires or billionaires that might be listening to this message, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have all the money in the world, but yet you don't feel complete. Yet you don't feel like you're enough still. How is that possible? Because the things outside of you will never fill you. The things outside of you, if you've attached your own worth to having this thing and then I'm worthy enough, has imprisoned you. So what is it that we must become aware of as a man? We must become aware of that we need to begin the courageous journey of growing ourselves to the point where we can cut all cords of codependency, all strings of codependency, untangle and unknot the intertwining of strings and ropes of codependency so we are no longer needy. We no longer need something outside of ourselves. We no longer need validation from something outside of ourselves, the pat on the back 
or the lady by the side or the money in the bank account or the good job or the beautiful house. We don't need those things in order to feel like we're enough. But most men never begin the courageous journey of letting go of being liked and being accepted and trading it in for self-respect. This is me for 40 years. I wanted to be liked. Please like me. Please like me. Please like me. The pleaser. Please like me. We all have our backstory as to how that developed. We com made compensations in our personality to adapt, to try to get away from feeling unworthy and unlovable. For me, I remember it happened somewhere around age five where I thought that I was responsible for our family dog dying. So I'll never be enough. I'll never be worthy enough. I'll never be able to do enough to get my dad's love back because I'm the one that's responsible for the dog's death. This is what happens to us as children. So the next thing you know, we become needy. I want something from you. I want you to like me. I want you to be by my side. And we bring this clinginess, this neediness, this codependency, this frenetic energy where we're not grounded. We're not rooted like an oak tree. We're not in our power. We're not owning our voice. We're not connected to our internal knowing, our intuition. We're not connected to source. No, we're connected to these things outside of ourselves and now we're needy. Not to be confused with what the big guy TR teaches about the six human needs, that we all have six human needs. We'll get into that another time. This is specific to the word and I'm defining what I mean by needy. Are you needy? Meaning, have you attached your own self-worth to things that exist outside of yourself? So give it one minute, gentlemen. And for those of you that are listening, perhaps somehow a woman found her way to one of these. Give it a moment. Give it a minute. What truth is being revealed for you? What's a big aha? What's a light bulb that's going off for you? What's the message that landed that you needed to hear today in what I've just shared with you? Well, number one, and the first pillar of being a man on fire, is you become present to your game. You become present to the invisible patterns that are running you. You start to see this. What can you do about that once you become aware of this? And this is the message that you'll always hear from me sharing with you guys, is you have to make the decision for yourself if you are truly ready to begin the courageous path of growth. Growth, not hiding under the disguise of, so I'll finally be enough. Right? If, if I grow, then I'll make enough money. And then if I make enough money, then I'll finally feel like I'm enough. No, that's not the growth I'm referring to. The growth is I recognize that I was given a certain potential in this lifetime. God has instilled in me a certain ability, a certain potential. And you have to come to the honest admission as a man that you've been living below that potential. And I don't say this to make you feel shame or make you feel guilt or bring you down. I say this so that you develop the hunger, the insatiable appetite, the unquenchable thirst to want to rise, to want to become the real you, to want to step into the soul contract of who God made you to be. And the truth is in you know 25 plus years of being in the healing and transformational space, if you are living below the contract of who you were born to be, the truth is your life is supposed to fall apart and you're supposed to be in pain. It's not a punishment. It's a wake-up call. You haven't been condemned to a life of hell. You've been given an opportunity to rise and grow. It's where your filter is at. No one's punishing you. 
you are the only one that punishes yourself. You have the ability as a seed, as an acorn to become the oak tree. But you must accept that contract. You must accept that invitation. And most men don't. Most men don't because most men have become too comfortable, too complacent. Everything's good. Everything's fair. Everything's okay. You have this great addiction to a life of complacency, average, ordinary, bland, fair, good, okay. Eh, none of you were born for that. So what do you do? What do you do? I'll tell you what I did and I'll tell you what the men are doing in our community. You get involved with a brotherhood. You get involved with a community of men that will challenge you and push you and stretch you and make you uncomfortable and hold you to the fire of your true greatness and potential. That is what Man on Fire offers a man. I don't mean through these free social platforms. I mean we have coaching programs. We have live four-day immersions. We have year-long journeys with us in the inner chamber. And we are one of many beautiful, amazing companies that exist in this world. So it doesn't have to be Man on Fire. But don't try to do it alone. Don't be a lone wolf. Travel with the pack. Iron sharpens iron. Do what you must in order to position yourself to be challenged and held accountable to who you truly are as a man. And if left to doing it yourself, you know, chances are maybe you'll get there, wherever there is for you. But the question is, how much time will you have wasted? How old will you be at that point? Because we all know as men, lost time is never found. So how many of you are done wasting time? How many of you want to immerse yourself in a community, a brotherhood of men coming from their heart that have the courage to live into the fullness of who you were born to be. Do you want that? Are you willing to invest in you, in yourself? Do you value yourself and your growth and all the people that you can impact by you growing and you spreading your wings? Do you value yourself enough to invest your time, your money, your energy, whatever it takes for you to grow? Or will you have more reasons, stories, and excuses and justifications as to why you can't. Because you are either more committed to the life designed by your soul and your creator, or you're more committed to your excuses, to your lies, to your justifications, to your stories, to your limiting beliefs that are holding you down. And we both know it's not true. What are you willing to do for you? Are you willing to reach deep and do whatever it takes? to get the support and the help that you need. That is my question for you. You will always be given everything straight from me. I will never sugarcoat it. This is what men need from other men. An open heart with truth serum coming through the truth that your soul requires to hear. Because friends will sugarcoat it. Family will sugarcoat it. They will not give it to you straight. They will keep you comfortable. And if you join Man on Fire, do not expect to be comfortable. We all know that your growth begins at the end of your comfort zone. We all know that your comfort is the enemy of your growth. They're not friends. So who's ready to get uncomfortable? Let us know. So I'm going to get into some of the questions right now that were submitted. First question. Can you share your view on men's attraction to beauty? It is a primal thing we can only moderate how we respond to it. Or is it something we could actually abolish within ourselves totally? Okay. 
I am going to first preface by saying I don't fully understand the question. So I'm going to answer it in the way that I'm hearing it. Here's what I'm really hearing. How do you walk this earth where you have these primal, primitive, visceral, reptilian, limbic system mechanisms of viewing the world, viewing the opposite sex, the cavemen, where there was no consciousness behind choice. There was just take it, kill it, eat it. How do you grow into the maturation of a masculine leader, have a wife, a queen, a goddess by your side, and not leak your energy, not walk around drooling and lusting other women and having affairs and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. How do you do that? How do you do that? That's what I'm really hearing within this guy's question. And this is what is available to all of us as a man because we were all in some way, shape, or form indoctrinated into how we saw beauty, how we saw sex, how we saw sexuality. I remember for me, somewhere around 15, 14, uh, you know, one of our friends, uh, their parents had a bunch of pornography videotapes at that time, those big, you know, videotapes that you pop into this thing called a VCR. Some of you might not even know what that is. And that's how our relationship began to sex and to beauty. And some of us didn't necessarily have our parents sitting us down and helping us understand, uh, you know, what a mature relationship is. And we have these hormones and we have these lust hormones and we have all these emotions of greed and jealousy and wanting to, to take. And so most of us really didn't form a healthy relationship to beauty. Most of us don't view women through the lens of seeing their true internal beauty, the true beauty in their heart. The full reveal of a woman's heart allows us to witness the beauty that they exude that goes beyond the physical. Most of us were trained we saw some sort of a movie, maybe Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right, with that actress, Phoebe Cates, or Farrah Fawcett when you were a kid, or Michelle Pfeiffer, whoever it was for you, Cameron Diaz. Most of you have some sort of a relationship to beauty through what you're sexually attracted to. And while I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't have an attraction, a physical attraction towards the person that you end up with, what I am suggesting is that if everyone was going to have a sustainable relationship just based on beauty, based on physical appearance, then you wouldn't have celebrities ever getting a divorce because some of them are just beyond beautiful, both man and woman, and yet it doesn't last because the first thing that will always fade in a relationship is the physical beauty, meaning you will lose attraction to your partner. And that's because we have not been trained through the lens of maturity to view people through the beauty of their essence, their beingness, their vibration, their energy. There is nothing more attractive than when someone is radiating the fullness of who they truly are, living in the congruence and coherence and alignment of their soul. That is what true beauty is. And you can find beauty in anything and everyone, regardless of what the external shell looks like. Just for those of you that have an amazing relationship with your parents, you know, like I would say, geez, my dad didn't have one part on his face that I'd say, yeah, I'd love that nose, or I'd love those ears, or I'd love those teeth, or I'd love those lips. I'd love his hair. That's a different story. But what is it that made him so handsome? What is it that made him so beautiful was his energy, his essence, his soul.
his authenticity, the quality of his heart coming through his eyes and coming through, exuding through his body. That's what is lasting forever, everlasting. So within this gentleman's question, we as men must grow to a point of maturation where we change our filter for how we view the world, how we view life, seeing the beauty of a tree, the beauty of a child, the beauty of a woman, the beauty of a bug, the beauty of God. There's beauty all around us. We have to break free of our social conditioning and rise above the vibration that we're held captive in so we can view the world through a whole new lens. That's as deep as I'm gonna get with you guys as it relates to this question. What are you hearing? What are you hearing and what I just shared? I love your feedback. Again, guys, you gotta remember, it's not, I'm not talking about physical beauty. I'm not talking about the woman that you're sexually attracted to, that you lust for, that you long for, that you want, that you might not like her personality, but oh my God, isn't she beautiful? Isn't she hot? I want her. That's your reptilian brain. That's your you know, primal dinosaur type energy of just wanting to take, right? If I take this, then I'll finally feel like I'm good enough. I'm talking about viewing beauty through your heart. It's, it's beyond your eyes. You have to rise above this and beyond this. Okay, let's move forward, shall we? The next question is, I'm trying and fighting to change into the man I could be but I have a big temper with a short fuse and I don't know how to control it. It's so easy to react and let the anger take control, but I know it's just that child in me lashing out from not being heard. How do I gain control of my anger? I'm so used to being in my own head. When I try, my brain just starts going and I get angrier until it unleashes. Such a beautiful question and, and thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for submitting this. So, this is something that we teach in our um, coaching programs, and this is a big one. I, I could literally do a, a Facebook on this for hours. So let me give you guys some basics. Number one, I invite you guys not to make anger wrong. Uh, sadness is beautiful. Anger is beautiful. Frustration is beautiful. Rapture and awe and grace and gratitude and happiness and joy and reverence and peace, these are all beautiful. These are, these are all emotions that we as a man should have access to. The problem is we label certain emotions as good or bad. I should only feel this ones, I shouldn't feel these, and then certain ones are made wrong. Now what happens for a man is that most of us have been taught at some point in time that anger equals pain. And what I mean by that is we, like for myself, you know, I saw my father being uh, physically uh, violent at when I was a young, uh, young boy, five years old, and then he shut down his anger because look at what happened when he didn't know how to control his anger. He ended up harming somebody. And through the shame and through the guilt, he then pushed that emotion down, not recognizing that that emotion could be a portal for love if channeled properly. But most of us were never taught by a parent figure, hey, your rage is healthy, your anger is healthy, let me show you how to be with it where you don't harm yourself. Number one, you don't harm yourself. Number two, you don't harm somebody else. You just simply give yourself permission to be with the emotion without projecting it onto something or someone. But most of us in our teenage years, you know, punched the wall and you got plaster on your wall. Never matched the paint color to the original paint color. And most of you have probably gotten in a fistfight and harmed another person. So now you think at a later point in time, if I were to fully unleash all of this rage, 
I'm concerned that I might hurt or kill someone. Or if I were to show this rage, what I'm sure, what I'm confident about is that people that are in my life that don't see me as an angry person would all of a sudden see me differently and they will withhold their love from me. So now we have every reason in the world not to go into these emotions. But with regards to this gentleman's question, he's admitting that it comes up for him and he doesn't know how to be with it. So the simple answer to his question is you, when you're noticing that it's happening, if you're in an environment that allows this, that supports this, that's conducive for this, that you have social permission, you need to make the sound of what you're feeling. So I always think back to this Tom and Jerry cartoon where uh, Jerry the mouse likes to mess with Tom the cat and Tom was babysitting for a little baby and the baby was sleeping and Jerry came in with a hammer and slammed Tom on the foot. And Tom wanted to scream, but he knew that if he screamed, he would wake the baby. So he opened up the door, ran up the hill a couple hundred yards away from the house and let out that, yeah, the scream. Well, that cartoon is very telling because we all have that ability. So if you don't in real time have social permission to make a sound because it would frighten somebody or be socially inappropriate in the environment that you're in, like you don't do that at an opera, then later in the day you could revisit things that were upsetting to you or that you recognized you had a charge with, a polarity with, you had some sort of emotion with, and you just simply make the sound into a pillow. So my wife and I both recognize we're always exposed to things that are, you know, bringing up emotions for us. We don't need to figure out why we have those emotions. I don't need to know why I feel frustrated or this experience of anger. I don't need to label it as wrong or right. I just need to know that it's there. So I give myself permission to make the sound. So you bend your arm, you yell into your arm, you make the sound, the energy starts to move and disperse. Next thing you know, you have more breath available to you, to you in your heart. The breath is flowing through your whole spine. And now you're not disconnected from your mind and your body, you know, disjointed. Like when people get angry, their head goes all the way forward. And now the mind and the body are not connected. Said differently, you're not in your heart. Once you make these sounds, you come back into your heart and the energy has dissipated and your state, your emotional state has completely shifted because you gave yourself permission to make the sound. But most of you won't make the sound. So you mentalize your anger instead of feel your anger, right? You turn it into mental energy instead of let it be emotional energy. Emotion is energy in motion. You just make the sound. You emote it like, Ugh! you make the sound. So there could be resolution. There could be discharge with resolution. But instead, you guys stuff it. And then it's where it's worn in your physiology. Then the wife doesn't be, want to be around you. The dog, the kids, nobody wants to be around you because you're angry. So what do you do? You need to learn how to maturely connect with this emotion without harming yourself and without harming somebody else. We teach that at our Man on Fire four-day immersions. For those of you that this is a must, where you're in a relationship where she does not feel safe with you, and you must get to this program. And we, I promise you, you will start to develop mastery of how do you get with these emotions in a constructive way where it can become a portal for love as opposed to something that's creating um, an unsafe environment for the people that you love. Now let's get into another question. I'm going to go back to a question that I missed earlier. This gentleman writes, I feel defeated broken and beyond repair, losing myself, my family, and my wife because of things I have done is dis disparaging. For decades, I tried to run, run away from issues, dad issues, abandonment issues, and feeling unlovable and unworthy. I don't want to make this about losing my wife. I want to make this about finding myself, to stop running and pretending that everything is okay. How do I get over the massive feelings of guilt and thoughts of how this could be easier? Okay. 
So let me just backtrack for a second and acknowledge and thank you guys who have submitted questions. I'm not reading your name out loud on purpose because for those of you that submitted a question, it was in our private Facebook group. Within that group, it's okay to say your name. Outside of the group, I won't say your name because this content exists on other social platforms and I want to honor you by not releasing your name. But a big thank you to the men that are consistently submitting questions and allowing themselves to be vulnerable and seen. And uh, through my ability to serve you guys, a lot of other men are really benefiting from this. So I thank you for that. So what, what I'm recognizing from this gentleman's share is there's beautiful self-awareness, as have uh, some of the other shares, just beautiful self-awareness and catching some of your patterns in your game that is destructive. So what he leaves me with is the question of how do I get over the massive feelings of guilt? So here's what I will share with this gentleman. The way that you get over certain emotions, and, and really the emotions that most men wear a good portion of their whole life, are the twin brothers. Shame on this shoulder and guilt on this shoulder. And we wear it, right? You see it in certain people's posture. You see it in their facial features, in their demeanor. You can just see that we are riddled with shame and we are riddled with guilt or for some of us we are riddled with this experience or this emotion called anger this is all over our face and our body language so what do you do about that what do you do about that well there's a lot of things number one you have to have the courage to take a look at what do i get what do i get from holding on to that what do i get well, what do you mean what do i get why would i want to hold on to shame or guilt or anger well, you get something. There's, everything that we do in life is because it gives us something. And earlier we talked about neediness and then I said another Facebook Live uh, will come on and I'll discuss what Tony Robbins has taught us about the six human needs. You get something. There's nothing you're doing without getting. So you're meeting some form of a need by going into shame, by going into guilt. You most likely are going into a feeling that's very familiar for you. You most likely are getting some form of connection from it, some form of certainty from it, and some form of significance from it because you get to keep talking about it. You get people to address it with you, whether it's a family member, whether it's a therapist, whatever it is, as long as you get to keep talking about it, you're getting something from it. So a lot of times we're not willing to give up the very thing that we say we don't want because it gives us something and we're terrified to give it up. We're terrified to give up our security blanket. It's all I've ever known. Who would I be if I gave up my shame and my guilt? Well, my God, I might be a very powerful man that owns his light, that can transform the world, that can make a positive contribution to humanity. Oh, but wait a second. That's scary. That would require a great level of responsibility for me to fully own my power and own my light. So you know what? Maybe I'll just hold on to the shame, this guilt, this jealousy, this anger, whatever it is, this victimhood. Maybe I'll just hold on to that because that's a lot easier. Even though I don't like it and even though it's painful, it's a pain that I'm familiar with and I don't have any curveballs coming my way. I know what to expect. But if I were to give that up, oh my God, then I might have to embrace my greatness. I might have to embrace my potential. I might have to embrace my light. I might have to live into the fullness of who I truly am as a man. And that is scary because that requires responsibility where I'm now operating from a space of impacting others. I can influence and impact others in an, in an amazing way, in a glorious way. That's scary. So we go back to what's familiar, right? Now I share with guys all the time this story when they come to our uh, live four-day immersions, that's our signature event, 
I always share the story about the woman who came to me in a wheelchair with multiple sclerosis back in uh, about 1996, 1997. She came to me and I said, how can I help you? She said, I want to walk again. I said, are you sure you want to walk again? And she looked at me like I was crazy. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, she was this woman in this motorized wheelchair with her little brown poodle. And so within a couple of months, we had her walking again. And what she do, she walked herself out of the office and I would call her, email her, where are you? Why aren't you coming back for your visits? And sure enough, I see her in the streets months later in her motorized wheelchair with her little brown poodle. Why? Terrified to be the woman that walks the streets that doesn't need the wheelchair, that doesn't get people to talk to her while she's in her wheelchair with her brown poodle. That's all she knew. She was so familiar with that. She built relationships around that. She built an identity around that. And most of you listening right now, you've built an identity around certain emotions that you keep carrying, certain things that you keep doing, whether it's the shame and the guilt that you wear on your shoulders. Whatever it is, we all have some sort of pseudo false identity. We've become a version of us that we're not. And we're terrified to give that up because that would mean being vulnerable, being visible, living into our true potential. That's, that's the scariest thing in the world. We've all heard the quote from Marianne Williamson about our greatest fear. And it's about owning our light. And we're terrified to own our light because we know owning our light means that we also take on a greater level of responsibility to the world. But our pain is in knowing that we're built for more, but we're playing small. We're hiding. This is what Man on Fire is all about to help a man rise, to get him to stop hiding and to have the courage and the boldness to step into his true potential, to rise with passion, with power and purpose and live into the fullness, into the congruence, into the coherence, into the alignment of who you were truly born to be. And the fastest path and the greatest way to do that is you get involved with a brotherhood, a community of men that come from their heart that want the best for one another knowing that as you rise, as you grow as a man, you have influence and impact over so many people. It's a ripple effect. You'll affect generations. Do you want that? Do you want that as a man? Do you want to try to do this alone? Do you want to throw away years? We all know lost time is never found. Do you want to waste the most precious commodity that we've all been afforded? It's called time. Do you want to keep wasting time or do you want to grow? Do you want to find out what you're really made of and step into your true potential? And yes, you will have to invest your money in programs, whether it's Man on Fire or another program. You will have to invest your time and your energy. Nothing grows in life that you don't feed. I've taken enough seminars to last me into next lifetime. My wife and I have invested well over a million dollars in our personal growth and in our health. And it shows. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because there's a formula to success. And we've all heard the expression, success leaves clues. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Hook up with a professional. Get with a mentor. Somebody who is an expert. And if you want to learn about something that you want in your life that you don't have, hook up with someone who's already, who already has it, who can teach you. That's what Man on Fire is about. We're supporting men. We're challenging men. We're holding them to the fire of their greatness, holding them accountable of having more passion, more power, more purpose in their life. All right, guys, this will be it for today. As always, 
it is an honor and it is a privilege to be able to share and serve my fellow brother. So much love, guys. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to click subscribe so you never miss an episode. Then share with your friends and leave us a raving review. To connect with David, you can find him at www.manonfirerising.com or on Facebook. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Man on Fire Rising podcast with David Mailer.